The call on the ice stands. We got a goal. I'm loving these kids. I want to adopt them. How's that? I want to clean them up and raise them as my own. What's up, Squid Squad? You're listening to the Squid Pod. I'm Dan Morse. This is my brother, Jeremy. How's it going, eh? Welcome to episode 31, the very special Philip Grubauer episode. Here's some Gru- <laughs> I feel like we have to, right? I mean, I know we do. It's know kind it's... of a—it's an unfortunate uh, timing of the Grubauer episode. <laughs> Come it's, touch, it's been a little touch and go, but we we signed him for six years, so I'm in it for the long haul. Oh yeah, I still love him. He's great. Uh, yeah, welcome. I, I think the fans really love Grubauer too. I've seen more Grubauer jerseys than anything else, dude. I yeah, so they're in it for the long haul, especially this guy. I saw a custom at the last game uh, on the monorail. I saw a guy wearing like a big like like mullet kind of like dirty blonde wig and i was like what the hell is he wearing that for and then he gets off and he's wearing a number 31 custom mcgrubauer jersey oh my god like a mcgruber wig with a mcgrubauer jersey so hats off to that gentleman dude Um, i respect the commitment to the bit (laughs) the creativity is uh that was that was top notch shout out to mcgrubauer wherever you are yeah. Also, shout out to the to the special fan and that sits about halfway down in 06 and has started showing up the last few games I've been to at least with a Brandon Tanev jersey, along a helmet and long dark haired wig as well. Within the helmet has uh, the name wow. Turbo taped on the back of it. So hats off to Love them it. for the commitment. Look at that. <laughs> Keep it going. Fans are buying in. <laughs> I hope they're growing out the hair to try and get it real for 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 the playoff. Oh run. man. <laughs> That's the that that would be commitment to the bit. There you go. All right. What's well, going on with the boys lately, Dan? What's uh what's been happening since last week? Uh well, a bit of team news. So since last week, Jordan Eberly and uh Jaden Schwartz were out with lower body injuries, but they're back now, thankfully. So that's good. Uh Giordano, Mark Giordano, the captain, has been out on the COVID protocol. We found out recently that he tested positive and he had to spend a week and a half in Florida because the he got it when uh, he tested positive when we were play- there playing the Panthers and Lightning, and so they wouldn't let him come back. He's <laughs> been locked in a hotel room in Florida for ten days, but he's finally back, yeah. finally practicing. I mean, there's there's probably worse places to be, I guess. Are there though, Florida? Like in the middle, of, like since yeah, I mean, you know, okay, you're right. You know, <laughs> I mean. There might be worse places, but there's probably not a whole lot of worse places like Florida, like in like and you can't and you can't go out to Disney World, you know? Yeah, I guess I guess it probably doesn't really matter where you are because you're stuck in a hotel room anyway. You're stuck in a hotel anyway. Anyway, the good news is he's back and he seems okay. He said he didn't have too many symptoms. Um, I know I saw in his first yeah. interview he uh, he said he lost it sounded like his taste and a little bit of his smell. Um, I know he said he ate a meal yesterday or the day before that he like could taste it a little <laughs> bit again. That kind of caught him off guard. Yeah, <laughs> so. It's good to see that all coming back to him. So hopefully we don't see any long-term effects, uh, more importantly for just him and his family and his well-being. Yeah. Hopefully everything just, you know, it's something he can just get over and get back, uh, you know, get back to hockey and get back to doing what he loves to do. And, uh, you know, from a fan's perspective, we're excited to have him back. We've, we've missed him on the point, especially uh, in Pittsburgh the other night. We definitely could have used his uh, his defense and his leadership. on That the would have been very nice. Um, we, we 
by the way, we're not sure if he's going to play on Thursday yet. They haven't officially said because although he's, you know, uh, cleared the COVID protocol, he's still regaining some of his energy. He hasn't practiced in sure. a week and a half. Uh, you know, he's got to be right. in game shape. So I don't right. know. Uh, hopefully he'll be back Thursday, but we'll we'll see how practice goes. He did practice fully, so should be soon. Yeah, I would think if not Thursday, it would be Saturday. That would kind of be my expectation. I, yeah. But again, no, there's no rush to it either. It is a long season, and you want to make sure yeah. he's healthy and he's not going to go out there and you know do something stupid like pull a muscle or anything like that. So you definitely want to make sure he's back and ready to go uh, 100% before you get him on the ice. We also, yeah. Drieger's in. Drieger went to IR as well, right? He did, but he was also back practicing fully. So he, uh, he could, I believe he can, could come back Thursday, but again, we don't know for sure. Um, he practiced fully. So yeah, right now it's still with the team. The court is still with the team. So if they were to play, you know, Tuesday night, the and, uh, Grubauer would have been the goalies, but by Thursday, yeah, it could be yeah. Drieger. So hopefully he's not, hopefully he doesn't have something lingering. Cause this is the second time where he's been just kind of randomly out. Yeah, here. right. I haven't really noticed any specific moments in a game or or anything where he's come up looking like he's holding something. I don't know. Have you? No, both, both times it's happened after a game that he's finished. So yeah, that's what makes me nervous too, is it's, you know, it's like you hope it's not a small lingering thing that's going to continue to keep popping up throughout the season because, he, you know, he was showing signs of life and he was playing better. So it's yeah, it's good to see him only gone for a brief amount of time, it appears, only a week or two. But still, you, you 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 hate to see him go on IR for the second time, you know, a third of the way through the season or a quarter of the way through the season. You know, it's uh, it's not 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 ideal. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the last injury that we have, man, there's been a lot of injuries recently, but all of them, of thankfully, injuries. thankfully, they're all pretty short term. Uh, Callie yeah. Arncroak was has been out, but uh, yeah, he was back practicing as well with Giordano, and I. Right, he was a game time decision for the Pittsburgh game, but ultimately did not play. So okay. I, I kind of expect him to see. We're hoping him. Thursday. I expect to see him Thursday. Yeah, so should be near yeah. full health here, any day now. <laughs> yeah, Please. yeah, which is good. Just a couple games. Honestly, they yeah. they survived pretty well. The two games they were without at least uh, Schwartz and Everly, they survived pretty well. They got three out of four points. That is true, including two points against Edmonton. Just yeah. phenomenal. Which <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah, man! That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that. Coming. I was at the Edmonton. I was at the Edmonton game. That was that was awesome. I Dude. had the good fortune of uh, two fans were sitting next to me, and they were very obviously from 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 Canada with with their with you know their their oots and a boots. But uh, <laughs> they they were they were having a good time. They were drinking plenty of beer. They were getting rowdy, yeah. but they were cheering for the Kraken. So at a certain point, we struck up a conversation. I asked them where they were from. And they said Calgary. They were from Calgary, <laughs> and they wanted to come down. They wanted to to visit the city and the arena, and they figured it'd be more fun to cheer for the home team than cheer against them. And I was like, "That is a genius idea! Like That's you guys a just great idea. Edmonton, so come cheer for the Kraken play Edmonton." Absolutely. And they were welcome back anytime because with that performance, that was a <laughs> they, they they helped with the energy in the building because the energy was that was a fun game. It was a it was a good yeah. crowd Friday night. Like it was packed. Like the intensity mm-hmm. was there. Connor McDavid in the house, and we never trailed throughout the game. Dude, yeah, and from the very get go, they led almost the whole game. Yanni Gord scored less than a minute in on a great pass from Ryan Donato. Just beautiful, just play. a great play. The whole play. Donskoy yeah. too skating hard and to enter the zone, pull the defense back, and open up uh, that passing lane. Loved it, man. Yeah. 
still a yeah a, per- a, a bit a bit lucky on getting the puck in the net it was kind of slipped under the pads there but uh i don't know you know dan great play i no bad shots no bad, no bad shots. shots no no bad and shots. also like I, I you know that's that's why that's why you you do it like that like yeah the way donskoy drove the net and mm. and just pull like you said pulled the d away and then it opens up that passing lane and if you're a goalie like you have to you know, you can't cheat on the pass because if you, you do that, these NHL players are going to snipe the short. They're going to snipe you short side every time. Like if you're leaning, they're going to bury it on the short side without even thinking twice. So you have to respect the shot until the puck leaves a stick. And that pass was ripped across there. So if he's coming yeah. over, that's why you one time it because you don't need to be that accurate. There's a lot of net open while the goalie's coming over. There's a lot of net to shoot at. So um, get your luck. Get your luck out of here. If ifs and buts if ifs and buts were coconuts or something i don't know there's there's, there's a saying in there somewhere yeah you, you nailed it you had it oh <laughs> uh, anyway that, no it was a it was a fantastic start to the game though as you mentioned like good to see us yeah us get the early goal us get the early yeah. lead and get because honestly energized. like going into that game too it's like we're playing edmonton without the top two point getters in everly and schwartz still out so edmonton the top of the top of the stand. no i guess calgary's first but uh, Edmonton's looked great Still. this year, and I was I was I was a little nervous, you know, like the way the Kraken had played recently was really well and encouraging, and I was like, oh, they they could win, but I kind of went into that Edmonton game thinking this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough to shut down Connor McDavid and to score goals without our leading scorers, and so to see him come out less than a minute mm-hmm. in and just take the lead, it just gives you the energy and the belief that 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 they could go out and win it. <laughs> exactly, and then then when Edmonton scored, like yeah. It was a power play goal. Yeah, they made us yeah. look stupid. But, you know, it's Edmonton. <laughs> they do that to a lot of teams. Like, I still think our penalty kill has plenty of areas to improve on. And that's, you know, you know, it's no fun to see them just, you know, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl just score that easy. You know, I know it's yeah. not easy, but they when they when, it, when they make it look that easy, it just they make pisses it so you easy. off. So, <laughs> so what was awesome to see is, yeah, like, they scored, and you're like, whatever. They just tied the game now. It's not like you're immediately mm-hmm. behind at that point because you got the early goal. So, it's, like, it didn't feel as bad in the building. And then Adam Larson with the with the sweet revenge goal. Dude. Uh, then, and all of a sudden Adam we're right Larson back where we were. Score a goal like that before. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, and he had the he had the good celly with the fingers, you know. He was like yeah. telling the crowd to bring it. Oh man, he had a he had a good celly and he had a funny comment after saying, uh, don't get used to me. You know, you, you won't see me score that often. So so I get a little <laughs> excited or he had something like that. And uh and yeah, I saw it was the the shortest time span he's gone between goals in his career. He went 12 days between goals. He scored on I think credit to Kraken stats. They they tweeted that out. So uh, go give them a follow. They they tweet out some get some pretty good stats about the Kraken players. Yeah, they're great. Um, but yeah, so it was good to see that like two one lead going into the going into the break. Um, it felt it felt good. And then when Edmonton tied it in the second, it still didn't feel like oh we're gonna win this game. But it felt like it could go either way. Like it felt like we're yeah. holding our own. There's pushes from both teams. We're not getting dominated. Like we're 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 creating our own chances too. And then you know. <laughs> Great goal by Blackwell on a turnover. Just like Colin gets his first point, he helps force a turnover, and Blackwell just wastes the goalie out and roofs it. That was that was good that was, patience. That was good. That hands. was a pretty goal. Yeah, yeah. Goal and scorer's was, goal for sure. Yeah, good play by the whole line too. The the good forecheck and causing the turnover in the neutral zone, and then uh, yeah, little little touch pass. Blackwell splits mm-hmm. the D and bam, great backhand, mm-hmm. roofed it, get it over the pads. Yeah, and then we also. Uh, you know, I, I felt like we were getting – we weren't playing well to start the year, but I felt like we were getting a lot of bad bounces. And we finally mm-hmm. start to see a little bit of that reverse. You know, with Wenberg, 
he throws one at the net and yeah, oh, yeah. he's right there to tap it in. It looks like it's definitely, a, but that's why you throw that pass sometimes, even though it's contested because the puck never actually got to Johansson, but yeah, it still hit something and went right in the back of the net, the exact same result you're looking for. And Wenberg gets credit for the goal. So good to see some of that start to happen. And a lot of that happens when, you know, when you get multiple chances over and over again, you give yourself just a higher percentage chance of getting a good bounce, you know, when yeah. you get enough traffic to the net, you throw it there enough more times. I'm, I'm not as good as math as you, Dan, but you're just probably going <laughs> to score more goals. <laughs> yes, generally, the more shots you take, the more goals <laughs> you, you don't typically score. <laughs> Sounds like a Wayne Gretzky quote, right? Yeah, there's something along those lines. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> being a 4-2 to two felt good because like that team is so dangerous. Like It yeah. feels funny to say, like I feel like we did a pretty good job of holding McDavid in check, and he still got a goal and an assist because he just is the best player in the world. Yeah. Um, but we never really let him get wound up too much. Like every time he started going, like we just got bodies on him, got in his way, made him get the puck off his stick. And even though we helped set up the dry saddle goal and he did tip a puck in, like, you know, at the end of the day, cracking came home with the W. They were throwing fish in the stands. Yeah. I love the, the fish throw. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. That that Adam Larson goal was, was, was probably my favorite moment of that, that night. That was, that yeah. was so good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I was fired up about that. And like, you know, where our yeah. are. So I was like right in front of us, man. It was, nice. it was, that was, that was pretty sweet, man. That was, that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, dude, it was, it was good to, it was good to see. Like, uh, I think what was really good to see too was, I, you know, if I'm being honest, I probably gave Edmonton like more than 50% chance of scoring at the end of the game when we got that penalty. Uh, oh, like yeah. kind of flopped a little bit, but you know, at the same time, he's already down and Larson gives him a shot. And when you're already down, you get a shot up high. Like, you know, I get it. I get it. The rest are going to call it. But, you know, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, when they got yeah. six on fourth, Edmonton with like a full day, there's like a little over a minute, right? It was 90. It was like a minute and a half. I think it was uh, yeah. uh, like 131. I, I am usually such like a, you know me, I am a positive fan. I will, like, I am. I was not very positive, man. I, I was like, I was like in the back of my head already, like, well, at least we get to see like, you know, a little McDavid in overtime action, which, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. Like I was wow. super pumped with how we handled that push at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I had the same thoughts as you. I would like to say different, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh, Edmonton's going back on the power play with 90 seconds. Six and on four. Like, oh, well, this, this is going to end poorly. <laughs> I mean, we saw it in their very first it's power not play like, the game. Like, it smelled like trouble and climate pledge. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. man, yeah, they stood strong. Uh, Tanev took a shot at the empty net in this one and just completely whiffed. Did but, he though? Uh, <laughs> he was just icing it. Is that what? <laughs> just ice because he was killing the penalty. So uh, he got his head up and he looked at the net, but that puck did not go anywhere near the net. But you know what? Like he cleared the puck and we ended up, you know, That's all we won matters. the game. So all it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But yeah. I was pretty nervous that I didn't push. It was fun to be in the building, though, and feel, like, the, the tension and the energy and just, like, you know, it's that thing we look forward to for years. Like, it was an exciting game that we won against a good team on a week on a Friday night, and, you know, the crowd was excited after. Um, I ran into some McDavid fans. There was these four guys probably, you know, when they're, you know, around their 50s, and they were all all in McDavid jerseys, all four of them. <laughs> nice. And because, uh, I mean, would, I mean, wouldn't you be? I, I, I would be, too, yeah, if I went anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but they were just like so nice. They were like, man, you guys are looking better. You guys are playing better. Um, you know, you didn't even get to see the full McDavid experience tonight. And I was like, I know, like I've seen it before and it used to be more fun. It's not as fun when he's playing against your team and we had some <laughs> good talk, but 
One thing that I thought was funny is they were like, man, what's that guy's name again? Uh, we're, we're, we wanted to ask where you guys got him from. 72. What was he? I was like, Don Scott, we got him from Colorado. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense, man. He's like your MVP. He's like your best player. He looks so good out there. And I was like, it's funny you guys say that. Because if you look up his stats, he has still, every podcast we do, Jonas Donskoy has still not scored a goal. Oh, uh, what do we got to do to get Jonas Donskoy a goal? He's not I've even never been less bad. mad at a guy for not No, he's not playing bad. I just... <laughs> I, I want him to have it because you know it. He's thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, I want it for him. It, right? We just we're all we're all. I, for I it, feel man. like I'm to the point where I can see it. Like I can see it when he shoots. I feel like he's not. I feel like he's not confident he's going to score when he shoots anymore. I feel like his shots now. I feel like he's definitely he not trying to. He's not trying to pick corners. He's trying to hit the net, and he's just like hoping one like leaks through. You know. Well, yeah. He's not shooting. You know, and like he's got a. Yeah, I don't know. Shoot or shoot, man. You know, I, it's kind of, kind of like basketball. Just just keep on going, man. Just keep on going. It'll happen, Jonas. What is he – where's he at for, for assists? I think he had 14. He's got 12 right now. So he's tied 12. for second on the team. 12 assists. It's pretty good. He's tied for second on the team. He's seventh in points. Like, without having a goal, he's seventh in points. I, I'm happy with Jonas and Don Scores play so far. How about oh, you? Yeah. Are you? Oh, I'm happy with Jonas Donskoy's play. Yeah. I would say I'd take a team full of Jonas Donskoy's, but then we'd never score. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe not a team full of them. Maybe, maybe, maybe not go that far. No, anyway, no, no. All jokes aside, I, I still am sticking to what I told you last week. When Jonas Donskoy scores in a game, multiple goals from him that game, minimum two. I still like his chances to, to go from zero to three. <laughs> I respect the confidence there. I. I He's would just bet playing. that when he gets one goal, he gets one goal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll gentlemen's bet that then. And we'll one of us we'll circle back there when, when the yeah. time comes, which is going to be any, any day now. Will we, though? <laughs> yes, it's going to come. He's taking enough shots. Donskoy is going to get one. He's, he is playing well, though. He's playing well. Yeah. Um, one game, you know, let's back it up one game i was going to say i think that was the most entertained i had been watching at least on tv maybe until the edmonton game was the game before the detroit game i found that oh, yeah. a highly entertaining hockey game to watch it had a little bit of everything uh we had a goal to out early which was so frustrating because like when they showed the replay i was like oh my god like there's no way that goal is going to count like our guy just like skated right like who was it this yeah they kind of got pushed but there was just like there's, like appleton yeah, didn't try to avoid it enough and just like definitely affected him making his ability to make a save. And you just yeah. knew it wasn't going to count. And what was so funny is when Detroit scored, I didn't think the play looked offside initially. When they scored in my head, I was like, God, I hope that's offside. But like, I just like, <laughs> I, I hate that we had a goal disallowed. And then when we challenged, I was like, maybe it is. And then it was awesome that it was. I, I you know, that was, I don't know. I great. found that fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's nice to see the, the, I'm the petty like that. trade off. Uh, and Dave Haxall won for one on coaches' challenges in his career as a. As a I've been waiting Seattle for a Kraken challenge too. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So you know we can trust him there. He's no Pete Carroll. He knows when to challenge. But the reason, folks, you also don't want him to to challenge like Pete Carroll is a couple reasons. You only have one time out in hockey, so you don't want to necessarily just throw it away by challenging a goal, even though in theory timeouts are you know. It's only 30 seconds. It's just a quick rest, and it's not like you're really going to draw that much on a board. But, you know, it is nice to have late in, the, in a close game. Um, it's yep. nice to have your timeout. Another reason is if you have an unsuccessful challenge, 
you are assessed a two-minute minor penalty. Isn't that right for anything now? It used to be just offsides, but it's for anything, right, Wedge? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was still just offsides, but... Is it just offsides? The last I checked, but I haven't checked If you challenge an offside goal, at least, I know for a fact it's a two-minute penalty. Um, So... Oh, hey, Desi. Anyway, yeah, so uh, (laughs) that's a... that's why that's why you don't want Hexel to just be all willy-nilly and start challenging goals because it's close and it might be offsides because it can be a really quick swing if you give up a goal and then all of a sudden you, you're you're on the penalty kill immediately. You after. give up a goal and you're killing a penalty. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's risky. So yeah, he did it. Did it right. Glad he did because uh, overturned the goal and it's great. Turned into a great game. It was tied like constantly. Uh, the traded goals again in the second period. Both teams scored twice. Who scored mm-hmm. for Seattle? I don't remember who scored. Feels like it's been so long. Donato had a pair. Dunn, right. Dunn got the first one, I think. We Dunn got a power play goal. Uh, we got a power play goal yeah. in that game as well. Uh, Dunn got one after some good pressure and some good chances. It was kind of mm-hmm. like it was building. One of those where like, you could feel it coming. Um, yeah. And then Donato had two goals. Donato uh, had a beauty on the, the game-tying goal in the third. Like, Oleksiak made a good pass slash kind of lost the puck on his dangle. Dude, <laughs> he lost the but, puck uh, to Ryan Donato. It was perfect. I promise you, if you ask him, he tells you that he passed it to him. <laughs> <laughs> and on the score sheet, he would be right because he got the assist. And he, either yeah. way, he, he did, but that is one thing. It's like, sometimes hockey is like that. It's just, he created a very good play. He like beat yeah. a couple guys. He had momentum. He got the puck to the middle of the ice and he knew he had a trailer with him. So he was kind of more aggressive. He like, well, I can make this move. Because even if I lose the puck or it gets poked off my stick, there's someone behind me. And then, you know, sometimes you're thinking that when you know there's a guy right behind you, there's not really a good pass. It's like, well, I'm going to drive to the net and mm-hmm. at least take the defenseman out of the way and, you know, either drop the puck or hopefully he can somehow get it if I don't score. And that's exactly what happened yeah. is it went right to Donato and he buried it. So, um, yeah, Alexia likes to for the offense a lot more than I thought. So. I'm excited yeah. to see Alexia. Yeah. When, when a six, seven guy starts driving the net like that, that's, it's either going to end in the goal or get, at least like, or at least some chaos, right? should be pretty fun. I, I get nervous <laughs> for the other team's goalies when I see Alexia yeah. start winding up. Cause I know he's, he's looking for that big power move. And, uh, yeah. and as a Kraken fan, I 100% am for it. I'm like, do it. You're six foot seven, make them, make them push you out of the way into their yeah. own goalie. Like, yeah, no one's going to want to do that. So use that big size and get the puck to the front of the net. Like, we saw the brief experiment that who knows with injuries and things we may see again down the road is uh, seeing him with going to the front of the net on the second power play unit. Um, <laughs> I'm all for some big rig offense. Absolutely. Why not? It's fun. It's fun seeing big guys yeah. score. Uh, and yeah. how about that shot? We by did see our first shootout. Sorry. That, that, that oh, yeah, Donato's shot no, you're good. On, you're the, good. Yeah. on the assist by Alexiak. What a snipe. Top corner, man. Like, Beautiful. That was that was a goal scorer's goal right there. Perfect placement as a left-handed shot. That's the exact spot you're looking for is over over the uh, over the the pad and under the blocker and right mm-hmm. to the post, like right to the far side. Like that is like yeah. If you if you're far enough away like that, like there's there's no stopping that shot for the other goalie. If you shoot it in that spot, there's just there's nothing they can do. Um, but yeah, that was that was good to see. I was disappointed that the overtime like. I feel like we're we're joining a little late because the three on three is getting a little is it's getting a little stale. Um, when they first yeah. introduced the three on three, uh, it was a lot more chaotic where it was up and down the ice, a lot of two on one, two on zero oh, breakaway, like just kind of, you know, one team would have possession, it would start kind of slow, and then once they took that first shot, like it just seemed like chaos would ensue. And now teams treat it like uh, 
more like a soccer or basketball possession where they everyone understands yeah. how important possession is of the puck. And then three on three, it's more important. Even you know, there's just so much open ice that teams just kind of circle back. They gain the zone and they that I think they clear too much. And there's plenty of chances where you could just walk the blue line and keep the pressure on and get an offensive chance. But teams are just so quick to leave the zone, get fresh legs because you they 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 switch ends of the ice for the goalie, so it's a long change. Um it felt a little, honestly, like for how entertaining that game was, the overtime team for me was the most boring part of the game. Like there wasn't a whole lot that happened. Yeah. Also, Detroit had the puck most of the time. So I was also just pretty much nervous, like, God, I wish we could just get the puck here. Uh, so uh, when Yanni Gord got some pressure, it was kind of all Detroit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the on the overtime and how 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 our first one played out? Well, our first full five-minute one after we First full five-minute one. Yeah, I yeah. would have liked to see it the crack and have the puck a bit more than they did. So that was kind of a bummer. I'm still waiting for them to <laughs> win one in overtime. Cause I mean, winning a game in overtime yeah. is so much fun. Same thing happened in Columbus. They didn't, <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a lot of possession in the Columbus overtime and they had more possession in that game at five on five. So they haven't been yeah. great in the three on three so far. I don't know how much time, they how much time they spend practicing that too, you know, cause yeah, you know, they, they got a lot of stuff to practice as a new team, and it's only two times they've they've been in the actual overtime situation. So, I mean, I I want them to win a game in overtime because it's fun. I also would not be surprised to see them continue to maybe not look like the better team in the overtime periods just because they don't play as much three and three, you know? Like, that's just going to take more practice. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to see yeah, a shootout, I feel like though. The, I feel like when you get to th- – we didn't get to see a shootout, but I feel like when you get to three on three, you're more just like, it's like pond hockey. It's more like instincts. It's more like less coaching yeah. anyway. It's like just kind That's of, true. I don't know. And maybe I'm way off on that. Like I never played, you know, when it, when it was three on three overtime. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, so nobody scored in the overtime. We got to see our first shootout. Uh, Brian Donato already had two goals. So obviously he had to shoot again. Yeah, I would have been I would have been pissed if he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Who who did you think was gonna shoot? shoot, man? He uh well well I would have I would have liked to see Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Everly be two of the three. Right. Like, <laughs> it was it was very unfortunate that the first game where we're out where Missy Everly and Schwartz is the first game that goes to shootout because my first thought was like you've got to be kidding me. Obviously, Jordan Everly's gonna shoot. He's our leading scorer and he's good and close. Like obviously everybody's gonna shoot. And Jaden Schwartz is a very good one-on-one with the goalie player as well. Like Jaden Schwartz is, yeah. So that was, that was unfortunate. So I expected to see Ryan Donato. Um, mm-hmm. I expected to see Jared McCann. Yeah. And I saw both of them. Like those were the, those are my only really two expectations. Um, I, I thought it would either be Wenberger Gord is who I thought would be the third shooter. Um, yeah. Who did you, who did you kind of expect to, to see shoot? Yeah. I thought, uh, uh, Donato and McCann were were going to be the ones for sure, and then my guess was Gord. Uh, he did not get to go. Who did they send out? They sent out Wenberg, and they sent out Donskoy. Right, Donskoy. <laughs> That's right. And Donskoy is the only one that scored in the shootout. Donskoy scored. <laughs> yeah, still doesn't doesn't technically count on the stat sheet. If you're wondering, uh, if you look up the season stats, Jonas Donskoy still has zero goals on the year, even though he did score in a shootout. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> he, you know, 
he he lost the puck. <laughs> <laughs> he lost the puck and it just went in. Like uh, yeah. when I first saw they reviewed it. When I first saw it go in, I was like, that's not gonna count. Because I thought for sure he like hit it after it hit the goalie. Because you can't oh, yeah. the rules in shootout is like you can't get your own rebound. So if the goalie touches it, you're not allowed to then like put it back in. And when he right. like reached for it, I thought for sure he jammed it through. And I was like, damn it, that's not gonna count. So I was pumped when they showed the replay that it just went in on its own. It was like the unintentional Kucherov move, you know? <laughs> like you just kind of like lose the puck in there, which you know, I we've all I've done plenty of times where it just accidentally happens. Um, <laughs> but no, I was dude, I felt so bad for Donato because what happened a lot of times when you're, Donato if you're in a game the guy. Yeah, if you're in a game situation on a breakaway, a lot of times it's more reactionary. You don't really have time to make a plan in your head. You kind of think like either I'm gonna shoot or I'm gonna look for the shot, and if it's not there, I'm gonna make a quick move and pull it back in beforehand, right? Like you just kind of have that those reactions, right? Um on a shootout or penalty shot situation, it's a whole different ballgame. You get to like think about what you're going to do and you get to go in with a plan of attack. Like I, like I'm going to make this move on the goalie. And now these guys have like film on these goalies and they're talking about it on the bench and you can see them looking at their little tablets. Like they, they go in with a plan. And to me, both guys, him and McCann both tried to go one way and get Grice going over and then hit the brakes and come back the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. Donato made such a good move. He didn't have to do that, though. So Donato's going in with the plan of I'm going to get him going to my forehand and then I'm going to slam on the brakes and come back backhand. But he made too good of a move to his forehand that he had him beat and he just didn't shoot. And like, oh. it, just, it looks brutal, but I totally understand what happened. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And you could see he knows it, too. Like right after right after the guy so day, he just like looks up his man because he, he knows he had him beat and then he just made like an extra move and... Yeah, you're right. You get more of a chance to think about it. It's not always not always a good thing. You get to think too much. Yeah, and then McCann did yeah. a similar thing. He didn't have him beat like Donato, but he did the same thing, and he couldn't get the he couldn't get the move back. You know. Yeah, yeah, man. So Donskoy buried it. Donskoy buried it. Donskoy scored just as we all expected, and that that's what really matters so maybe that'll maybe that'll be a confidence booster you know he hasn't scored in the two games since so i guess that confidence is probably already gone but i enjoyed the confidence when he gets a hat trick in the first game he scores (laughs) he gets that hat trick in the first game he scores dan that's yes yes i enjoy i enjoyed seeing it too yeah i enjoyed seeing it too though it was uh, it was good to see him at least put the puck in the net at least keep the game going and hey i gotta admit at home like I've, I've always enjoyed like, you know, as someone that's always got like the NHL center ice package or whatever, you know, we like you click around and you find the game that's like closest to the end. That's like the closest score, right? You're looking for the yeah. overtime and shootout. Like that's what you're looking mm-hmm. for. As a fan of a specific team, it's like, a, it's a lot more stressful. Like just really the whole, <laughs> just the whole overtime period, especially with Detroit having the puck the whole time. And then the shootout back and forth was just like, Oh, it was gut wrenching, man. Yeah. And what sucked is I actually I actually felt like you know Grubauer played a decent game that game you know maybe I would like to see a save on that third Raymond goal kind of went through him but quick turnaround shot sometimes it gets screened hard to pick up yeah, I didn't think he played terrible I did think he looked terrible in the shootout he didn't make one save right didn't they like hit the post miss the net and score twice oh yeah I guess they did you know I I, you know one, one save yeah. would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey you know what you don't always have to be great in shootouts i don't i don't know i don't really you you don't have to be great in shootouts i agree but but wouldn't one save on four shooters be nice yep yes i would i would like to see <laughs> one save on four shooters 
Anyway, anyways, the Gru episode. I should stop with the Gru slammer. Yeah, Gru stop slander. slandering Philip Grubauer. Anyway, you want to talk about the Pitch Play the, game? Speaking yeah, of Philip the, Grubauer. Oh God! Yeah, play them. Play them a Gruber music for this one. Um, That's a good idea. The Grubauer music. Yeah, dude. The Pittsburgh game was just—I don't even know. Like, I've, like I, I'm glad. No offense, mom and dad. They're the ones that had the tickets from our group this year. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I got Edmonton out of the out of those two games because, yeah. holy yikes! Oh, so so Jaden Schwartz happened, and Jordan Everly were back. Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Everly, they they came back and it's like sweet. And you yeah. just went off the rails in the first five minutes, man. Just immediately. Three goals, five minutes is uh it's hard to come back from, you know. It's just kind of one of those you look at and you're like, oh, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be one of those nights. Like I, w- I think it was the third goal that like bounced off of Alexiak's leg and went in like on a rebound. I'm just like, oh so I think it was the fifth goal. Oh, I'm way off. I don't know. There were too many. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember either, dude. There was yeah, definitely way, one like, that bounced off of Alexiak's leg and just right into yeah. the net. And it's like, oh, man. So, you know, that was the one that, don't yeah. go your way. Yeah, there was one. The third goal they shot, too, was also a deflection. It was a deflection out high that just kind of flew. Oh, that's right. Way. Yeah, that was, dude, it was just, one. you know, they scored on the first shot, three goals on the four shots. You know, it sucked. It sucked, man. It's the pink ones at City Crosby. We're all excited to welcome them to town. Like, you know, and they're they've been playing better as of late, but they're not. You know, they've been up and down, and they haven't been. You know, you know they're very beatable this year. You know, they've been, yeah. they've been very average. They're right on the playoff bubble. They're not like for sure in or for sure. You know, they're they're not going to be a bottom tier team. They're going to be competitive team. You know, but like, you know, Gensel's been hotter than anybody. But like, come on, like they like you should have been more competitive than that. We can't have another Colorado yeah. game on our hands like that. That was uh that was disheartening, man. It was it sucked to see. Like it sucked to see. Gensel just continue to, to to light light it up like he has been, and us do nothing about it. They didn't play Jari, who somehow was like a Vezina candidate, and people are talking about him for Olympics after he's like made this miracle turnaround from last year. But they didn't even play him. They got the Smith, they got the backup, and they yeah. just couldn't beat him. Like that was the Smith's first. All bad year, news. I saw. Awesome. Him <laughs> and the Coyotes. Him and the Coyotes yeah. love the Kraken. That's right, and you. All right, this is this is turning turn into a downer. <laughs> well, we got to uh, talk about it, and I got to get do. it out somewhere. It sucked, I got to man. Somewhere, Dan. It sucked, but you know what? There's 82 games in a year. Just yeah. Let's be honest. There's they're gonna lose another rough one, right? Like every team does. Every team loses big a yeah. few times a year. So, I will say this: visually, are we gonna say? Are we, are we gonna say say the eye test? Um, <laughs> visually, they didn't play as bad to me in this one as like Colorado. When they played Colorado, it looked like they were playing like a team that was like in another league. You know, like they were playing yeah. like yeah, yeah, like a, like a like a, like a division up. You know, like they shouldn't have been playing in the same like you know like against each other. This game didn't feel like that. It felt like it got off to a bad start. It felt like we made a pretty good push for a while. The second mm-hmm. half of the first and most of the second, and we got a goal, and it was three to one, and it felt like it was close. And then, dude, like. Decord made some really good saves to keep us in it too. Like we still were giving it up. Like, like that was one thing that kind of reared its ugly head again that we've, we hadn't gotten away from was turnovers came back. We started turning the puck over yeah. again and giving up just like these out of nowhere boneheaded plays for a breakaway two on one, like a guy all alone in the slot, which, you know, you just can't do that. Like you can't continue to do that. And it, it bit us like Decord made some huge saves, but eventually two on one, like I said, gets the scoring goals like crazy. He's, he scores, you know, and then they get, and then after that, it's just, again, we give up an odd man rush and yeah, it's a weird bounce, but you know, 
if let's say if we, if we weren't in that position where it was a three on one and he's backpedaling, you know, if it, you know, you put yourself yeah. in that position. So it was disheartening to see that, but overall, ultimately I felt like they played better in that game than the Colorado game. And we're just comparing blowouts now, which is no fun to do, <laughs> but it didn't yeah. tell me like something's seriously wrong with the team. It's it did feel yeah. like something they should be able to shake off, go have a, have a tough practice today, which from the sounds of it, that at least everything I saw sounds like they were having a, some pretty tough practice today. You know, they were battling hard today. I saw, uh, yeah. I think Andy Eater, maybe it was the sound of hockey guys tweeted. Mm. They were doing battle and net front battle drills and Mason Appleton like slammed his stick and broke it over the crossbar after because he like lost a net oh, front wow. battle or something. So, <laughs> you know, good signs that they're like ready to just come right back and get to work hard. Yeah, it is. I don't feel the same as I did after the Colorado loss, right? Like the Colorado's like, man, right. they just look way outplayed. The Pittsburgh loss, I just feel like, man, that game sucked. Let's. Get, yeah, yeah. Why do we got? Why do we got to wait three days for the next one? Let's just get going. They'll 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 turn this around real quick. Like it feels completely different because of the way they've played the last two weeks. Um, you know. Yeah. It's just it happens. And by the way, let's talk about the one goal they scored because it was a really good goal. It was uh, Schwartz, Everly, and uh, and Wenberg all Wenberg. combined for that, for yeah. that goal. Yeah. 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 Yanni Gord yeah, started no, no, that, that line. Uh, it to start the game but at least that shift i i wasn't paying too close of attention by that point but uh yeah when we're playing between them they looked really good yeah yeah that was that was that was a nice goal they scored a pretty goal they they made it interesting for a little bit um Mm -hmm. but yeah no they they, you know like i said they 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 battled like you said it's it's nothing i don't think to worry about they've been playing well lately colorado they've been playing like they've been playing poorly and that was like the culmination of it. This game, they've been playing good and it just kind of got away from early, you know, like three yeah. nothing. Like we talked about it last time, like chasing the game. Like I'm sure that's what Hacksaw told mm-hmm. after you. They just started chasing the game from there and you could feel it. Like it, 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 it's, it's, it drains you to be playing the desperate type of like, oh, it's the last, like you feel like it's the last, like you have to score every shift, you know, when you get to those last yeah. couple shifts of the game, you're getting to that third period. And when you're in that mode, five minutes into the game, because you're down three goals, it drains you, you know? So, um, we can we can move on from Pittsburgh. We don't need to talk we about that. I want to, I want your thoughts. I was curious when Schwartz never really came back. So he he had some line combinations. You had even wrote an article about Yanni Gordon and Ryan Donato playing together uh, with Jonas Donskoy. Yeah. I believe they were playing with right. Um, yeah. It was interesting to see when he when he brought back. He 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 obviously you have to you know. You, you're not going to continue to say Schwartz and Everly because the team played a couple of good games, right? Like you're going to, you're going right. to bring them back into the lineup. Um, so Colin Blackwell went back. Uh, he's, you know, Colin, we'd called up. So we scratched him. And then I was, I was, I, I guess I would have kept Colin Blackwell in the lineup. He scored a nice goal against Edmonton and, you know, yeah. Riley Shahan can kill penalties and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. And he's a decent faceoff guy, but I would definitely like to see Colin Blackwell in there instead of Shahan in that game. Um, but uh, he had Yanni Gord centering Schwartz and Everly, which I was excited to see, but I felt like it didn't get the results I was looking for. Yeah, that's like a line combo I wanted to see early in the year. Um, thought that would be good. But yeah, the way Gord had played with Donato and Donsko was honestly really encouraging. And I was like, I'm fine if they just leave this at this because Wenberg has played really well between uh, Schwartz and Everly. So I don't know why mm-hmm. you don't just go back to that line. That's been like the only consistent line for the Kraken. Everything else gets mixed up every night. And that one I saw is like the only one that has more than 50 minutes together or something like that. So Wenberg, Everly, and, and Schwartz. Yeah, Wenberg, Everly, and Schwartz. So yeah. I was a little surprised at that. But, uh, you know, still trying new things, seeing seeing what works and whatever 
they tried that night didn't seem to work. Yeah, man. It yeah. was uh it was frustrating. I just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to see any word there too. And it's only one game. So it's like I yeah. also don't want to see yeah. just abandon it right away. But when it goes so poorly, you just have to think like, well, that didn't work. Like, and that that's not even <laughs> necessarily the case. It's not necessarily yeah. the case. It was just like, you know, a couple bad bounces and you know. Grubauer doesn't make any big saves and it's yeah. three nothing. That's just, that's just what happened. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'd like to, I, I, I kind of with you, like I, I, I would, I, you know, Gordon Donato and Donskoy seem to really be clicking. And I think yeah. that, you know, as you're scored three line, goals could, together, that could be super effective as a third line, especially yeah. if you're getting, you know, some decent matchups there um, with Wenberg Schwartz and everybody are going to be looked at as the top line for the other team. So at least that's your, nothing else. Your second line. Um, yeah. It also leaves you, you know, McCann, you could have McCann, Geeky, and Tanev, who you have playing together right now. Um, you also mm-hmm. have Marcus Johansson. You could you could insert or Mason Appleton to play with McCann and Geeky or McCann and Tanev, you know, because McCann can center yeah. or wing. So I would I would like to see, yeah, I'm with you. I would like to see Winberg, Everly, and Schwartz. And I'd like to see that that Gord Donato Donskoy line together and then sort of, you know, intermix the other, you know, the others as you well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm more, I was more interested in seeing Gord centering Schwartz and Everly until like the Wenberg centering Schwartz and Everly worked so well. And it's like, well, if yeah. that one works, then I just don't feel the need to, to try the new thing. I there. think it benefits. I just think it benefits the, the style of play complements itself. So well as like Schwartz and Everly both like to like play off each other and give and go and mm-hmm. stuff, but they both can bury the puck. They're both well above yeah. average, just shooters. And they both are good and close with their hands. Like they're both finish finishers. Like they're both, you know, guys that we're expecting to get, you know, 20 goals out of those guys, yeah. you know, like on the low end, you want to see them get at least 20 goals. Wenberg wants to control the puck on the boards. He wants to set it up. He wants to create time and he wants to find somebody else to get them the scoring opportunity or, you know, and the hockey assist, the second assist, set somebody up that can set somebody else up to get the goal. So I think those three guys just, yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I think they just, they complement each other so well. Wenberg's right? goal, he doesn't even shoot line. the puck. He, exactly. <laughs> he he couldn't even lie about it after exactly. the game. They asked him in the post-game interview, like, so yeah. were, you trying, were you trying to shoot? And he, like, yeah. tried to and smiled and laughed and said, no, I was definitely trying to pass it to Johansson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and by exactly. the way, speaking, so, speaking of that, I'd like too, to see that line. Uh, the Gordon Donato with Donskoy line. Yanni Gord, mm-hmm. and some advanced stats here for you. Yanni Gord leads oh, the here team we go. in uh, primary shot assists per 60 minutes. So that just means a pass that immediately leads to a shot for the next guy. Mm-hmm. Like if the if the shot turned into a goal, it'd be a primary assist. Yeah. So Yanni Gord leads the team in primary shot assists. Um, and Ryan Donato leads the team in shot attempts per 60 minutes. I have five there on five. Go. Yeah. So like, five on five play. so those two like clearly should work on paper, and they did work in two games. So small sample size, but yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Donato get a little more ice time. Is the main thing. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, I, I think Donato. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that line too. I, I, I'm with you on yeah. those two lines, and I'd like to see the other ones kind of you know sort themselves out. But I think those could be two good lines that we already have set. One thing we didn't really talk about is injuries go. And you know, maybe this is the real key. We uh, we were we were missing Will Borgen in Detroit and Edmonton. Oh, um, he had played two good games, got himself into the lineup. It was good to see. Honestly, he got himself right back in the lineup. Um, yeah, I was a little disheartened to see Hayden Fleury go back on the shelf and Jeremy Lazon stay in the lineup, and then have Will Borgen and Jeremy Lazon paired together. Um, yeah, that was not uh, the strongest. You know, now again, if you're, like, we talked. 
we talked about if you want to go top four and have a bottom pair that's not going to play as many minutes, which they did, you know, that's the risky run. But, you know, Will Borgen, to me, I think does look look good out there. And, like, if he's a guy that I think is going to get better with more ice time, mm-hmm. he's going – He's I think he's only going to improve, and I think he's going to improve – Maybe I'm crazy. It's only been a couple games. I feel like he's going to improve faster than a guy like Jeremy Lazan will. I feel like Jeremy Lazan is what he's mainly going to be and will improve on his his turnover should slowly go down over time and his hands should slowly get a little better. But for the most part, he's the style of player he is and he kind of is who he is. And I would I'd like to see him, like we talked about last time, less Lazan, more Morgan and Flurry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and with, I'm Gio, with Gio coming back that. now. Gio will be back, so Gio somebody will be scratched. I my my it's guess is they'll scratch. I bet they scratch Borgen, but uh, I don't know though. I guess because Borgen, when he came back from his injury, immediately got back into the lineup. So maybe not. Uh, maybe they scratch Lazan when Gio comes back, uh, or Carson Susi. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to help the too. Winnipeg then Columbus. So yeah, yeah. If uh, you know. There's no, like I said, there's no rush to rush Gio back. The nice thing is we have yeah. so many defensemen that, you know, they could sit him Thursday just to give him another couple of days. But when he does come back, it does create that log jam. And now that Borgen has shown that he is capable of holding his own out there, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just the Flurry and Lazan proposition anymore. It's the three of them. And it does, again, bring up that proposition of that possibility of, you know, is there a trade in the future? Um, and, you know, maybe yeah. one of the reasons they haven't traded one of the young guys is, you know, if we continue to stay relatively out of the playoff chase and the trade deadline rolls around, maybe our first captain doesn't even make it the full season in town. You know, like if we're out of the playoff hunt, like maybe they're keeping the young defenseman because, you know, maybe Geo's the guy that they aren't sure. Yeah. He's the obvious choice for captain, but maybe they aren't sure that he's gonna, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. How dare you put that out into the universe? <laughs> I want no, hey man, I want no part of that. Team. No, I've sorry. I, I love, I love Geo. He can stay. Well, I do I'm, too. We're extending Geo. We're not trading Geo. All right. Simmer down. I'm all for extending him. I'm all for, <laughs> I'm all for giving him three or four more years. Defensemen, m- many, many times defensemen, especially, especially the elite defensemen have shown that they can be above average yeah, well into last. their 40s. Like it is, it is a, it is in hockey. Like you're not like hammering on your joints like you are in sports where you're running the skating does help the joints a lot and yeah you get a lot of bruises and you get a lot of there's a lot of injuries that you end up with that you collect over the years but you can make it in your early 40s in hockey and with the, with when you're playing defense you're not relied your speed isn't relied on as much so yeah i you know i'm all for extending geo as well i'm just hey i'm just trying to say like i i still think it's interesting they haven't traded any of the young guys yet like yeah one of them I feel like That's there's true. enough depth there. I feel like with Riker Evans, I feel like you got enough young guys coming up and you're already going to draft more. I, I just feel like there's too many. I feel like there's one too many in that room. There could be. Um, we'll see. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's always somebody injury though. So injuries, injuries are a huge part of the game, and, and they seem to be. Able- know, if they trade one, I don't, I don't feel like there's a forward that's just being kept off the roster. You know that like that's a good who, point. Who are we going to call up to help you scratch? What like what forward do you want? Like uh, Cole Lind, Alex True. I would like to see Alex True. He's crushing it in Charlotte, dude. Last time I checked, he was leading, leading the Charlotte Checkers in goals. Seattle That's Thunder who I want legend. to see. So he is, and 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 honestly, it has nothing to do with yes how he's actually doing in Charlotte. Even though he is doing <laughs> awesome down there, 
has everything to do with the fact that he scored the game, the overtime championship winning goal for the Thunderbirds like five years ago, and I'll never forget it. So yeah, uh, honestly though, no, yeah, no, no, you're right. Part it's, of me thinks he's played so well in Charlotte that uh, the reason they keep calling up like Cheyenne and Colin and haven't given Alex True a shot is they might be worried that if they put him back on waiver, somebody will claim him. He's gonna get claimed. Yeah, it's yeah because the way know. waivers works is. You're, you're, you're not eligible for waivers the first couple of years of your contract, right? Like, I think... Oh, oh yeah. There's, not, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, like, playing time and, like, how far into your but, contract yeah, yeah. There's a lot but of I think true is waiver. Here. I think true is waiver eligible when you're right. Like, I think, you know... So, in that sense, you want to call up someone that you're either not afraid to lose on waivers. Well, no matter what, you can't be afraid to lose them because they could be claimed, but... Yeah. Somebody that you, you don't want to lose on waivers, you don't want to call up till you're ready to call up and keep on the team for... The foreseeable future likely the rest of the season so yeah it's a it's a very good point with him is he's a with his size and the way he improves his game um like from watching him play on the thunderbirds from going from 16 to 20 the crazy like he, he it's kind of like colasar like like they just got so much better that yeah i can see true yeah. being a full-time nhl player in the next couple of years um but yeah, I'm with you. I, I I don't know. I guess I wouldn't mind seeing them bring in another forward. You know, like I know we talked about DeBrusque last time more in Jeffs, but you know, if they end yeah. up making a move for him, I'd be all for it. Like I think you know you wouldn't have to give up a lot to get a guy like that. Like it, like I, we're not here to mortgage our future yet. We're not here to make a Jack Eichel trade. Oh, yeah. We're we need our young prospects and our young draft picks. But we we're not we're not in a in a win now mode. But like you know, I wouldn't mind giving up a mid round pick and maybe you know a. Uh, a young defenseman for for Nebraska, if that's if that's what it took, that could be fun. You think Boston would want Jeremy Lazan back? <laughs> I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. But that's you know, you left you left him available. So on one hand, it's like why do they want him back? But on the other hand, like look at the other teams. I mean, Nate Bastian, Vitek Vanacek. Like <laughs> just because they were left available doesn't mean they didn't want to be have them on the team. You know, it just yeah. means they were confident in other bodies. So. um I don't see, you know, like we talked about last time, I would love a Lazan slash middle round pick for Jake DeBrusque. Like I'd sign me up for that <laughs> right now. I don't know if Boston would sign up for that. I don't know how they view him. Um, and I don't know what the market for DeBrusque is because he's so all over the place where he's got the high end potential, but also the bust potential. So it's like, yeah. you know, how much of Boston is in a hurry to move on from him. And I don't know. We're It's not like a super desperate. We're not really super desperate yet. We're just kind of waiting yeah. to see how the things go, but it would be nice. You know, if we got if we get, if we get the team to you know more of a a playoff position or closer to it by the traded line, and we were buyers or at least making some small buys, that would be that would be more fun than you know me me talking about trading our captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we anyway. uh, talk about some uh, some news from around the league because a lot yeah, has gone some on. Things have happened early this week. NHL has uh, turned into the NHL. There was like a, it was a weekend, man, or a early week. A bunch of people got fired. Our neighbors to the north start there, the Canucks. They fired, they finally fired Jim Benning, their general manager, which Canucks fans have been asking for for quite some time now. Um, man, he's he's made some bad moves while he was there. He put them in a hole, yeah. which is great for, for me, the Kraken fan. You know, I'm a little bummed yeah, that they, they, they uh... fired Jim Benning. Yeah, they fired everybody up there. They fired their coach Travis Green. Yeah, fired the assistants. Fired Jim Benning. Um, they, you know, I was me and you both talked about. We thought the Canucks looked like a promising team the last few years. We were like, man, they're just getting good as the Kraken are coming. It kind of sucks that we've like followed them for so long as a crappy team, and now they're going to be good. But it turns out it was, you know, 
they still are just a crappy team so far. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, they, they have talent in there, you know, there's talent in that room and, you know, they could in theory be a couple moves away from becoming a lot better. Um, you know, they could even get a lot better with the roster that they have just based off of, you know, a, a fresh voice. Um, you know, it's only been one or two games so far, but they've looked a lot better under Boudreau already, but that of course happens a little naturally, but they did hire Boost Boudreau. Who's, who's great for the division. He's a great sound bite. Yeah. He's a great press conference guy. He's always inter- highly entertaining. Um, so as a, as an opposing team, it'll definitely be fun to see clips of him. Um, just kind of uh, on your, on your timeline, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a bummer for those guys. Travis Green is kind of like, I always look at him as kind of like a Scott service of the Canucks. He was there when they were kind of borderline competitive and he, you know, kind of overachieved a little bit. Then they did went into full rebuild mode and he was just such a good locker room guy and the players all loved him. He seemed to be the guy to take him through the rebuild. So it kind of yeah. sucks to see them get to the point where they think they're through the rebuild and then it all falls on its face and it sounds like there's locker room dysfunction. It, you know, I feel bad for Travis Green, but it had to be done for, for I think, from their, from their side of things. Yeah, they need a fresh start for sure. What they really need to do now is hire a couple of GMs. Am I right? They twins, need, maybe? The twins, why not? <laughs> Daniel and Henrik Sedin. I mean, are, I'd love to see they're, it. They're like consultants. Who, I don't know what their job is. They work for the Canucks, technically. There's, they're somewhere in the front office. Uh, I mean, look. You got Avalanche legend Joe Sackick running the running Colorado, and you got Red Wings legend Steve mm-hmm. Eiserman running Detroit. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. sometimes it works. <laughs> you also had uh, Canucks legend Trevor Linden running the Canucks, and sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think I think it would be fun to see, and I think it's definitely on the table. Um, they definitely have – they've already said they're going to have a more hands-on. They're going to be more involved. Yeah. I think the only reason I wouldn't do it if I were the Canucks at this moment is with how – with Benning and how long he was – he was their GM since 2014, how long they had Travis Green, how they never got to the point they thought they were going to when they thought they were going to the last few years. I think you need a guy now that is going to be okay having a short leash, a guy that's okay taking over the team as it is and saying like, hey, we're not rebuilding. We think we have the pieces. We just signed Hughes and Patterson. We have Demko. Like we have a couple of young defensemen. We need you to like, you know, we have some bad contracts. We need you to manage it. And we need you to, to make us a playoff team. I think you need a guy that, that okay, taking on that challenge and understanding that if he doesn't do it in a year or two, he's probably out. The Sedins, come on, man. You're not firing them. You hire them. Yeah, they're your teams for the next 20, 30 years, like for better or for worse. That's that's true. It's not it's not so I think for probably, that reason, it's not the time for the Sedins. If they were blowing it all up, that would be the time to, to just hand it over and say, all right, do do what you will from ground zero. I just think for that reason, I just think you can't uh, you can't stick with you can't you can't go with the Sedins right now. Um just for the simple fact, you know, you don't want them to you want to you want to give them a fair shot and you want to give them a long haul. So I'm curious who they'll go with. I'm excited to have Padron in the division. Um but the, the the Vancouver front office was not the only one to to lose some people this week. Oh yeah, the uh, the Flyers fired their head coach Elaine Vigneault, who former Canucks head coach. <laughs> yep, took them to the Stanley Cup Finals. Also took as the New York well Rangers as, to the Stanley yeah. Cup Finals, but never won yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Did not take the Philadelphia Flyers to the finals. No, no. So they got fired. They haven't named a head a new head coach yet. They named uh, Mike Yo the interim head coach. So they did. It appears they're still searching for 
a permanent head coach, or maybe they just give Mike Yo the rest of the year and see how he does. We'll uh, see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But, you know, depends on how the team responds. You know, Mike Yo has been a guy, he's been around before. So, um, yeah. I know Philadelphia's on like a, what, eight or eight game losing streak, I think, as of Something like that. Was last I saw. But, you know, yeah, did you see of, uh, the most important piece of Philadelphia Flyers news? What's that? The police dog that pooped at center ice. <laughs> oh, man. I did see that. I thought I assumed it was, it was a Nate Thompson piece because that's always mm-hmm. the most important Philadelphia news, except for this this instance. I did see they had so what were the canines on there for? They were doing I don't know. It was like it wasn't even during it was like during practice or something. It was during they were doing something before doing a game. Something. Yeah, they had a bunch of police yeah. canines on the ice and they were walking them and one dog right center ice, right on the logo. <laughs> right on the logo. Dropped a big old dropped a big old dookie. It was uh Always funny. That's always funny. Yeah, it's a good metaphor for the Philadelphia Flyer season, as far as far yeah. as I can see. Yeah, yeah. At least right now where they're at. So, yeah. um, yes, the Flyers, uh, they are they are struggling. So, um, yep. you know, keep your eyes keep keep your eyes and ears on these names, though, folks. Because one thing that is, is super annoying about the NHL is they just continue to hire the same like thirty five guys for the thirty two jobs. And yep. you know, Bruce Boudreau and Mike Yo have both been coaches. Boudreau many times over. Um, so yeah, it's uh, Elaine Vigneault has been a coach for multiple teams, you know. So if, if we get so, if if it, if it goes that bad for the Kraken and Hackstall's gone in a year, then you know it's probably one of these guys that's our next it's coach. Probably anyway. Elaine Vigneault. Like, <laughs> um, in Montreal, Montreal fired. Uh, they finally fired Mark Bergevin. They finally fired right. the, uh, the GM up there, which everyone's been calling yeah. for for a while, as he's just made so many boneheaded moves and so many like. So many questionable character guys that it's just hard to root for him and give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, especially with the way yeah. they did that draft this year with the first pick they made. Um, you know, I, it, one of the ones that's universally people were like, yes, he got fired. <laughs> yeah, everyone was pretty was pretty happy about that one. Except, you know, who was really happy about that one? Apparently, <laughs> is the, Canucks? Is the Vancouver Canucks who are the most excited to be like making a run at Mark Bergman. So that would just that would be, be the worst thing they but you know, so let's, that let's also, do it, right? Like, uh, hey, it's great for in us. All honesty, what that tells me, though, is that tells me what I was saying earlier is most likely correct. They're looking for a GM that they can take in, is either going to yeah, turn it around immediately, true. or they're comfortable firing, like, either at the like the end of this year or the end of next year. They're yeah. going to bring him in and be like, you make this team a playoff team that competes and is like not just like barely in, but like, a, like, like an actual contender to make some noise. Otherwise, you're gone, you know, and it's the Sadin show to run. Like, that's kind of that's the only thing that I see about bringing that in is it's either like a win-win to the point where you're either buying time to promote from within or, you know, you're, you stumble across the winner. But again, with the questionable character issues that he's of the guys he's brought in, you yeah. don't want to get, he's a tough guy to give the benefit of the doubt to, like I mentioned. And mm-hmm. yeah, like Pedro's fun to have in the division. I don't want to have Bergevin in the division. He's that's no fun. No, that's, that is true. Uh, he, he, he makes, sucks. he's easy to root against, but, uh, not in like a fun way, more of just like a, I don't like this person as a general manager or a, a human being. Yeah. 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 Get off my lawn. We'll get there in a minute though. Before we do one <laughs> last thing, we've got a suspension to talk about. There was actually like, like a, like a debatable yeah. people were having mixed feelings. Um, there's two suspensions from this game. So Neil yeah. Pionk. Uh, this is Winnipeg versus Toronto. Winnipeg versus Toronto. Neil Pionk, uh, defenseman for Winnipeg, he went knee to knee with who did he hit? Uh, he hit San, somebody. San, Sandine. Yeah, something. he hit. 
he went knee to knee and it was a questionable looking hit. He kind of stuck his leg out. It was definitely yeah. avoidable to me. Um, not the best play. One of those ways you could really seriously injure a guy. Uh, Toronto bench erupted. I don't think a penalty was called or was, was there a There was no, no penalty, penalty. Which is so why. No penalty. Like, Jason Spezza decided to take mm-hmm. matters into his own hands and he lines up Neil Pionk to just try and freight train him on the open ice. But Neil Pionk is already kind of going down. And he yeah. gets so low that when Spezza ends up going to throw the hit, he basically just launches himself over top and his knee just drills Pionk in the side of the head. Just yeah. like such a dangerous play. And after Toronto being the very team with like the whole Corey Perry jumping over John Tavares last year and that ugly incident in the playoff game, to just like have that happen was not fun to see. No. Yeah. Spezza got suspended six games for it. And I think it was very well-deserved. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Pionk got two games, by the way, for his knee. So that shows that the player safety reviewed it and thought that his hit was also dangerous. So Pionk got suspended two games um, for his knee to knee hit. But yes, Jason Spezza's hit, he got six games, which I felt like was probably on the lower end, but I don't think he's a repeat offender that I know of. Uh, I've never. And he's been in the league league a long time. Like he's a, he's a pretty respected guy from what I know. Yeah. As far as I know, he's, he's not. So I think for that reason, six games is probably a good amount. Yeah. Yeah. Because Pionk is going down. He's going, he doesn't have a stick at the time. He's going down to try and clear the zone. So he goes down to his knees to try and clear the zone with his glove, just like batting the puck away. So it just seemed Mm -hmm. like, I know it all happened so fast, but it seemed like there was plenty of time to realize, oh, he's going to be on his knees when I'm making contact with him. And this is still just makes a full on run at him. And it's just such a dangerous play. Didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. He he had a mind up before he went down for sure. But I agree with you 100%. Is even though it happens fast, he he could have pulled off that hit or he could have, there's different ways that that could have happened. He could have like gone down with him or, you know, yeah. There was other ways that could have looked and that could have gone. And at the end of the day, it's just not a situation you needed to go throw a hit. Like it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't a hockey play. It wasn't a hockey play. Like at the end of the day, he didn't have to do that. And, I get the frustration, but you got to just know that, you know, there's, you know, there'll, there'll be another shift. There'll be another chance. You know, I don't know how late in the game it was, but um, I don't remember. I don't know, man. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like the, the video of it was not fun to watch. And, you know, it just is one of those things that uh, you would like to see the ref just give the guy five in a game for a knee in the first place. Cause he got suspended for it and it was a dirty hit. And that's yeah. you know, kind of on the refs on one hand and missing it, but you know, you, you like standing up for your guys, but you want to do it the right way. That's the, that's the thing about hockey is, you know, I know it's a weird, you know, caveman type mentality of the whole standing up for your guy thing, but there's a right and a wrong way to do it. And unfortunately, I think Spezza kind of went the wrong way on this one. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, while we're talking about, you know, old guy caveman hockey things, is there, is there <laughs> anything that has come across for you in this last week that has made you think, man, get off my lawn. Now, what are the kids doing these days that are just driving? Yeah, me up I, oh, yeah. Oh, they threw their ball on my lawn this week for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you going to give it back? So. So at the uh, at the at the Edmonton game, um, I had an absolute blast. Um, I sat next to the gentleman sure. from Calgary. Uh, you know, we had good talks. We had, we had a great time. There was a guy in front of us, in front of me and Lisa, that, uh, that brought his that brought his young son. Not too young. Like he was, you know be 10 or so like you know it looked like it was awesome okay. the kid was like having a great time dad was having a great time uh 
all good. At one point, the kid I could see he's kind of like he's like he was kind of struggling to see, like he kept trying to like lean over, and the dad like had him scoot up, you know, so we could see. And he's a little kid, so that's fine. He can scoot up, but for those that maybe aren't familiar with, you know, the dynamics of like a stadium, like stadium seating, like the way it works, like there's there's rows, they go up, and you know, if you lean too far forward in front of in, in your seat, you you are obstructing the the view of the person in the row behind you. So when this dad moved his kid up, it was all good, but he decided he was going to also sit right on the edge of his seat and lean all the way forward, damn near hovering over the person in front of him. And dude, it was just driving me crazy. He was just driving, I was like, he, he was like, he was just like a big, like, it's like a pillar, just like right in the middle of the offensive zone that I kept having to lean around and watch. And I was, we talked about standing up. And we mentioned sitting on the edge of your seat is okay, but it, within reason, like within reason, you know, like you have to understand that like we all get excited, but you can't just be on the very edge leaning all the way forward because you're blocking the people behind you. And another thing, Dan, and another thing. <laughs> yeah. Bringing kids to the game is awesome. Like it's awesome. I love when okay. kids get into hockey. When you, when you bring a kid that's young enough to just kick the hell out of the seat in front of them, <laughs> I'm not mad at the kid. I'm not mad at that kid. I'm mad at the dad who won't tell his kid to stop kicking the goddamn seat all night long, like stretching their feet out, pressing into your back, like shaking the whole row where the people like next to you are like looking around, like what's going on. You constantly are like doing the, the casual look behind, like you're looking at something behind the guy when you're really like trying to be like, do, do you see what your daughter is doing? She's just, anyway. Just tell the kid to stop kicking your seat next time. So tell the kids, I see, I, I am not there to tell other, mm. I, it's not my job to tell other kids how to act. <laughs> I wouldn't want someone telling Maple how to act. Okay. But if I saw right. Maple kicking someone's seat, I would absolutely be like, hey, we do not do that here. All right. So you see what I say stop. on this podcast a lot, Dan. I pay a lot of money for that damn seat. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Anyway, uh, what would you do? What would you do? What, what, what would you do if you were me and it was getting kicked on me? Would you say something to the kid? Would you? Would yeah, you? I told the kid to stop kicking my seat. Oh yeah. boy! Then we then we'd end up on one of those Twitter videos. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to yell at the kid. You turn around and you say, "Hey, can you please stop kicking my seat?" And I could see adults' attention. He also says, "Hey, don't talk to my kid." <laughs> I say, "Okay." And then we're on, and then we're on the Twitter video. <laughs> and we're on TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> TMZ Sports. <laughs> well, anyway, I had a pretty anyway. Luckily, it was Edmonton and we played awesome, so like none of that stuff ruined my night. You couldn't you couldn't kill my buzz that night. Um, well, there you go. But please, folks, bring your kids. Let the kids sit on the edge of the seat. You sit back and you know watch the game, have a good time. But if, you know if you got one that's you know down like that five or six year old range, make sure they're not absolutely kicking the seat because you know we we can't feel it. It's just stadium seats; they're not that thick. That's a fair request. All right. <laughs> I feel better now. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you, you have this space to, to get that out. Uh, is I there anything safe. else? I, I hope. Anything else we wanted to touch on this week? This week, let's see if oh. we got a couple more games on this homestand. We got yeah. uh, Winnipeg and Columbus coming up. So hope to see the boys. I was hoping to get three out of four on this homestand after the Pittsburgh loss. I almost am like, well, I'll take a split. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, you know, I'd like to see us get back to our winning ways. Hopefully, I think the rare situation, that Pittsburgh game, I kind of agree with what you said earlier. Like, it would have been – it sucks to have a couple of days off. I think the boys yeah. didn't play that terrible and would have been 
it would have been the rare situation where the, if we had a back-to-back, I think they would have come out guns blazing the next night. I think they would have right? actually come out play really well in that next game. So I hope that that, that that energy just stays with the team for a couple of days and they get a couple of days of practice. And I hope we come out uh, on a tear against Winnipeg. Um, but definitely don't want to see us, you know, drop both these. Obviously you want to get at least one. Hopefully you can, hopefully you can get them both. Um, and then we go down for our first trip down to uh, California. I think we have a back-to-back in San Jose and Anaheim next week. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're there on Tuesday, Wednesday. So we'll see. We'll probably come at you guys either right before those games or possibly right after, depending on how the week goes. So San Jose, Anaheim with a, a back-to-back on the road. So um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Good. Anaheim is second in the division right now. San Jose is also playing, playing better. Yeah. Both of them are playing better than I yeah. thought they were. So that, that California trip's uh, a little bit tougher than, than I had anticipated going into the year. Uh, yeah, we thought those were hopefully going to be some easy wins and they won't be all year. It looks like all those teams are, yeah. they've been bad for a couple of years and they all seem to be bouncing back this year. They all seem to be trending upwards, all three of them. Yeah. Um, Anaheim the most so far, um, part and big part because of freaking Trevor Zegers. Dude, did you <laughs> see that assist that the he twi- had? The twist on on the, the Michigan goal. After oh. where it looks like he's going for it. Oh, looks like he's going for the Michigan goal where he flips up on a stick behind the net. But instead of just tucking it in the corner. He flipped it over the net to his teammate. Who was it? Sonny Milano, I think. Milano. Out of mid-air. Out of mid-air. What a goal. Holy crap. Never seen that before. It was so fun. I can't believe that happened in an actual game. Yeah. Like that's Did something you, you can see... try and practice and fail on like nine times out of 10. So to pull it off successfully in a game yeah. situation is wild. And then his reactions on the bench gave us so many good new memes. Like he oh, had yeah. so many good facial expressions. <laughs> Did you see the one of him smiling and somebody put it next to Leonardo DiCaprio, one of him smiling from uh, from Django, you know, like where he's doing like the, the laughing smile yeah. at the dinner table. Someone put no, those two I... side by side and it was, oh, that was my favorite one so far. But that's good. Yeah, he he goes to pick up the puck on his stick like he's going to do it. And it's weird because like when they show the slow motion replay, I'm like, yeah, there's a defenseman like right there, like waiting for him to do it. Like he's got nowhere yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. So he goes to pick it up. It's kind of like, well, what's he what's his plan here? I personally, I don't necessarily think he was trying to pass it. I kind of think he was trying to bank it off the goalie's back. I think he was uh, to soft toss it right off the back of the goalie and in, which to me is even more badass than trying to pass it. Um, that's actually what I thought happened when I off, first saw the replay. <laughs> the announcer said the same thing. And like the, yeah. when you first see it live, it looks like that's what happens. And I think that's what he's trying to do. Either way, like Sonny Milano is right there and credit to him. He is ready. Like he is ready yeah. for the play. Like the puck gets floated and it's just perfect. It's just barely over the crossbar. Now you can't touch the puck while it's in the air above the crossbar. It's high staking. It has to be below the bar. But Sonny Milano's waiting. And the second it drops below the bar, like it's below the bar and above the goalie's shoulder. And he just whacks it in. Like it is such a pretty play. So like Milano, I think a lot will get lost because it's an amazing play by Zegers more. But yeah, like it's a great awareness by him to be like just ready. And you don't know if maybe they've practiced it like maybe it's something they've talked about. Maybe it was an intentional pass. It was freaking awesome though, either way. Yeah, he better not do it next week when when Seattle goes to Anaheim, though. No, them fighting words. He does that, Alexi. I better take a run at him. <laughs> um, anyway, good week, fun week of cracking hockey coming up. Um, yep. Winnipeg Columbus will either come at you after that or after these California games. So hopefully uh, we'll yeah. we'll be back on our winning ways. Um, we can we can continue to keep climbing up the standings and continue to be playing better hockey. Um, you know, yeah, Pittsburgh will 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 prove to be just a blip on the radar. Yep, that's already already forgotten, long gone. We don't have to talk about Pittsburgh ever again until the next time we play Pittsburgh. But until then. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here for episode number 31 uh before we go jeremy who's your favorite number 31 in in sports or seattle sports i think that's a pretty easy one for all of us um, oh it's so easy it might be philip grubauer one day but if your answer is not cam chancellor then are you even a seattle sports fan you're like, probably just not a football it, fan which is fine but <laughs> I mean, even if you're not a football fan, like the camp chance was like, like a prime part of the Super Bowl teams, which is like, God, even Seattle Kim people Chancellor. that aren't football fans, like love like the Legion of Boom, you know? Yeah. Like camp yeah. chancellor, number 31, greatest there ever will be like group hours. You have, have to do a hell of a lot and like steal us a Stanley Cup by being the, the, the Vezina slash Consulate winner to get in that conversation. So camp chancellor, I want to go a different route. I want to go like we used to do. Uh, I'm going to go. Can I, can I talk about my most hated number 31? Yes. Who's your most hated number 31? Bobby Ayala, like <laughs> if we also want to talk about universally, universally loved and hated, this actually might not even be debatable. Like we might have the the, the, the most hated number thirty one in the city is if I put a poll out there, I bet Bobby Ayala gets like more than ninety percent of the vote. Oh, easily, yeah. And and Cam Chancellor gets gets more than ninety percent of the vote for the most loved one. Probably more than ninety five. Probably more than a hundred. Cam Chancellor get like one hundred and two percent of the vote somehow. Like. <laughs> Anyway, what about you, Dan? Uh, any, any any objections? Any other thoughts on my 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 number one loved and hated thirty ones? No, the Cam Chancellor jersey in my closet uh, fully agrees with you. Uh, but we do have to give Damn out right. a quick shout out to to current number thirty one of the Seahawks and President Kraken fan DJ Dallas. <laughs> Oh, you're damn right. That's right. He is number 31. Yes. Yeah. DJ Dallas has been a huge Kraken supporter. He's loud on social media about it. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter because he's always tweeting about the games. Um, I saw Joey Joey Decord. Did you see his uh, his Wolfpack tweet today? No. Oh, Joey Decord tweeted some quote. I think some people. Some I don't know if it's a Game of Thrones thing. Somebody tweeted a. Oh, it was it was it was about a it was about a pack mentality. Um, and DJ Dallas retweeted it and I just I had something to say too. And I just, I just absolutely love DJ Dallas getting involved. He's such a big, big Kraken fan. All of a sudden it's, it's delightful. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> DJ Dallas. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. We definitely got to shout him. And then also Carrie Price. I mean, you know, oh, well, one yeah. of the greatest of all time. Trust the Americans. If we, we had at least mentioned he, a hockey. He does that's have local, local ties too, huh? <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll shout out Carrie Price who was, uh, you, you almost can call him Kraken legend with those rumors, those couple days of the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the squid pod or uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, any of those like, and subscribe. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. We'll take another crack at it. Go crack it.